This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Are you still cutting your own grass? Are you still trying to get your landscaping to look perfect on your own? That sounds sweaty. That sounds like a lot of work. That sounds like a job for Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Family-owned and operated Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services, located on Kern Street in Exeter near Blue Ribbon Dairy, has the quality and experience to get your yard looking its best. The Garden Center offers plants, trees, sod, mulch, rocks, flowers, topsoil, grass seed, straw bales, and much more while the Lawn and Landscaping Services offers mowing, trimming, planting, and full landscaping. Visit them on their social media pages for more info. Keller's Garden Center and Landscaping Services. Get your free estimate today. Welcome to the PopGo Project Podcast, a platform for the discussion and discovery of arts and entertainment. We focus on highlighting people and events that add value to the world around us. Visit us on all social media platforms by searching The PopGo Project or visit our website at thepopgoproject.com. Welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening. Recording in progress. Did you hear that? I did hear that. And I got a big pop-up on my screen. All right, good. Just want to make sure you know what's going on. Yeah, man. You can't come after <laughs> me. You know what's happening. I'm consenting. It's fine. <laughs> Prospector. Morning DJ at NEPA's Classic Rock Station, Rock 107. How are you, sir? I'm well, John. How are you doing, man? I haven't talked to you in probably like a year or so. It's been a minute. And you know what? The first question I'll ask you is the first question I asked Hoover who uh, does the afternoons on Rock 107. And it's the first question I asked Neil Trauma, who does middays on Rock mm-hmm. 107. And that is, how much do you miss me? <laughs> um, probably not as much as you hope, but not as much as you feared, I'd say. Like, you know, I, I there's, uh, there's been times where like, oh, I wonder, like, you know, like, especially this year with the Yankees doing really well right now. I'd uh, love to have that office to walk by and just kind of give you a little, but that's about, you know, that's just me being a prick. Yeah, you're having a good sports year right now. Look at this. Yeah, Rams, baby. Rams win the Super Bowl. Uh, the the Rangers did well. And the last five or so games, notwithstanding, the Yankees have been playing well. Well, they've built a, a big enough buffer. Um, yeah. You have, you have some time to uh, right the ship, so to speak. But, yeah, it's been, oh, a, rough, it's been a rough year for, as, a, as a Red Sox fan. I, I do yeah. miss the, um, the banter back and forth between us. Yeah. It's always fun to to go with a, a guy who loves a team that you hate and who's not a complete asshole about it. And I hope <laughs> I never was a complete asshole, but you never were. No, you never were. Yeah. Right, I mean, it, we're we're respectable fans. You know, there's yeah. those 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 people out there who like act like they're playing on the team. They have some kind <laughs> right. of in the team, but uh, you know, we're just fans, and yeah. you know, we. I try to never use the words we like I we know. won the Super Bowl. No, right. I did nothing. I bought merchandise and went, woohoo! I, I didn't any of that. Yeah. I got fatter on the couch. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did see you bought a, uh, a Rams helium uh, balloon during yeah. the Super Bowl, and it's still, it's, it's on its way down, but it's still in the air. When I left work this morning, it's about. 65% still elevated from its original position on February. I think I bought it the 9th or 10th of February. So that's ridiculous. Whoever made these balloons, they should be in charge of like all dirigibles for the U.S. military that they're using in secret and all that stuff. 
It's good helium. Yeah. You know? We can't get that anymore, John. Helium's hard to come by. Yeah. And if you can't <laughs> find it, it's very expensive. Yeah. It'll, it'll be delayed getting to you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm dying to find out what your microphone is because, you know, the, the geek in me comes out right now and I see the big red microphone. It's just a Yeti. Oh, okay. No, it's just a, blue, a Yeti. It's a blue, nice. A blue Yeti. Gotcha. All right. Not that fancy uh, radio uh, equipment. Oh, uh, yeah. I got a, a shore. I got a shore there. So. This might be a better setup than you have at the station. Um, It's close. <laughs> the board isn't as nice, well, but home. the mic... I think the mic is better uh, and the processing is exactly the same units we use and uh, set it up very much the same way. I wanted it to sound like you would never know if I didn't tell you if I were doing the show here or at the station. Yeah. How about it? That's uh, it, that's gotta be nice for you to be able to at least, you know, let's say you, you get to bed late. Like you might be getting to bed late tonight. Yeah. You're here doing this with me. The, this, the joker that I am. Thank you again for taking the time. I know you have yeah, my a pleasure. wake-up call, but yeah, now you can walk downstairs in your underwear. Uh, and I, I do that almost almost every day. Um, something that's on the show gets recorded in this studio. Uh, I do this bit called Prospector's Briefs, which is really like fake news type stuff with stupid little one-line setups that's a joke. Uh, I almost always record that here in the morning. Um, if I write my yam bag stories out and get them in time, I will do those before I leave just so I feel like I got something done and in the can before I even get to the building, uh, you know, at uh, four or so, and then I'm ready to roll from there. Yeah. The, the boss can't give you too much shit. You're already, Hey, you know, what? I'm, I'm on the air. Look, give me a work at three. Yeah. 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 Luckily, I mean, to be fair to 90% of the bosses I've had at rock 107, I, I really, I, I haven't gotten a ton of shit that was undeserved anyway. That's good. Know? That's yeah. Good. yeah, it's funny because like I said this to Hoover too, like I worked with you guys for I think it was about seven years. And yeah. you know, you and I for the longest time we went to get coffee at Starbucks. Yep. Then one day we got a GM, I won't say his name, kind of put the kibosh on that. Not 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 he didn't say, Hey guys, stop doing that. Just his aura, his being. We yeah. we knew that the fun it made it feel like over. that's not happening. The fun and games were over. So <laughs> But I, I, you know, I got to have, have coffee with you every morning. I felt like I was more connected to you. And then, you know, when that happened, and I think it was 2018, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of stopped. And then, of course, COVID hit. And I mean, yep. we barely saw each other at all because we weren't in the office and you were at home and I was at home. And yeah. when I was in the office, you weren't and you know, all that kind of fun stuff. But yeah, yeah, what a world that we live in. And it's funny because I feel like I'll find out more about you tonight than, you know, I ever knew in the past seven years. I don't know. I might hide everything and just give That's you disingenuous fine. answers. Yeah, you, <laughs> you you understand though. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not going to say it was a coincidence because I don't believe in them. Mm-hmm. Now, Neil was on, right. Hoover was on, and then Rock 107 had this magnificent rating. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was because you got you know. We're on, and then I said to, to Hoover, I said, "Well, he's a what about Eric?" Because oh, Prospector. Whatever. <laughs> what about Prospector? He was number one too. And I'm like, it's guilt by association. You know, it's just, you, know <laughs> you guys carried him with you. So I'll take it however it comes. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I mean, I, I love ratings. They're great. Uh, um, but I, I, I try not to believe them too much in the good and the bad. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's like a football thing. Like, you're never as good as you think you are. You're never as bad as you think you are. Same kind of thing with ratings. I'm, I'm loving that we have a great book and we're number one. And 
thanks to the pop, the pop, uh, the pop go project. I can't even say the name too much alliteration, the pop go project thing. You know what I mean? Uh, thanks to that for making it happen. Cause I'm going to give you all the credit. All the glory yeah. goes to Johnny pop on this, well, but yeah, yeah. Like, I, I like four book averages. Show me how I look over a period of a year. And that's probably a more true indication of how I'm doing. You know? Yeah. I mean, I was, I always found that to be like this antiquated, um, performance, uh, oh, yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's great to, it's great to be number one, but then the, the next book you can be, you know, number four or whatever. It's yeah. like just, and I always love the game too. It's like, Oh, we're number one, go shout it from the rooftop. It's like, just like take what we did and build off of it and like keep yeah. it down and like push forward. Like let's not get nuts. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, everybody gets excited and, uh, you know, theoretically we can get more money for commercials and, and all yeah, that I kind mean, of it's stuff. A, it's yeah. a great thing. I mean, especially in the, uh, the national scheme of things. I mean, and most of them work hard. Um, I would say that I work okay. I don't know if I work that hard at my show, but the rest of the guys work hard. So well-deserved, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and how long have you been doing this for? I mean, I feel like it's been forever. Uh, radio period. You mean like radio in general? Yeah. How did it all start? Uh, I've been doing, how old am I now? I have 37 ish years of being paid to be on the radio. Wow. Uh, my first paying gig, I was 17 years old. Uh, to, to answer your question of how it all started, I kind of got into radio as a kid. Um, when I was young, my dad would drive me to school and he'd listen to Harry West show on warm radio. Uh, and you're probably a little too young to remember Harry West, but Harry West was like the fucking monster in radio in Northeast PA. Like he was bigger than like me and Rocky and Frankie and Doc combined. It was just Harry West and nothing else. Um, and I just remember my dad just would always pay attention when, when, you know, Harry cracked the mic and I'm like, aha, as a middle child, always looking for ways to get attention. I'm like, aha, if I'm on the radio, people will pay attention to me. Um, and then I won a contest with two of my friends when I was 13 to be on Rock 107 because it had just gone on the air and they were doing this daring DJ contest. And we won uh, a stupid little, we wrote a letter in and won and got to be on the air. And it was ridiculous and a lot of fun. And I walked out of the building, the same building I worked in today at 13 years old. And I said to my friend, Mike and Mike, who are still uh, two of my best friends to this day, I could see me working here. I could see me doing this and kind of worked at it from there, you know? And the rest is history. Yeah. I worked a, a couple of other people. <laughs> What's that kind of story? So what a boring story. <laughs> well, wait, no, I, I hope I, you, I uh, hope you elaborate. <laughs> so I went to college. I, uh, I decided I wanted to, to do this. I went yeah. to Marywood university back when it was Marywood college, studied radio and TV and started trying to get jobs and nobody would hire me. Nobody would hire me. Uh, eventually I got hired at light 105, which is now the river it's gone. But at the time it was light 105, it's like James Taylor and, and stuff like that. Not the kind of music I particularly cared for, but it was a chance to go on on Saturday and Sunday mornings and read the weather and read the news and make an announcement here or there and to learn the craft. And they were great up there. Cause like, if you walked in there knowing nothing and you said, I want to learn how to do something, come on in they'll show you. And whatever piece of equipment we have, you can work on it and learn on it. And we're not worried about you breaking it, messing it up, any of that kind of stuff. Um, and I worked there for seven months. It was a great job. I got yelled at one time uh, for walking too loudly in the hallway <laughs> by the guy who owned the radio station. Uh, and the, it, the station was an automated station. And this is back in like the late mid to late 80s. And it had tapes, big reel-to-reel tapes on all these decks. There was like about 12 of them. 
And as each deck was running out, there's little tones that would be some, you know, uh, inaudible tones that would trigger these lights and alarms in the studio. And you'd have to run to the front of the building and fix them. Well, like six of these decks are about to run out. And I'm like, I got a boogie. So I'm walking fast, but not running, but almost running. And uh, Doug grabbed me and he's like, you got to take it easy. You got to slow down. And I'm like, there are six decks about to run out, dude. He's like, just take it easy. Walk calmly. We have salespeople here trying to do jobs and all that. And I'm thinking, all right, yeah, dead air. Cause we don't want to hear boom, boom, boom down the hall for 30 seconds. Fine. You know? Yeah. Um, but um, it was a great place to work, but I obviously I wanted to, to play music. I loved, I wanted to work at rock 107, the station I was listening to since I was a kid. So I started applying and uh, nobody really wanted to hear me. Uh, nobody returned my, uh, like, you know, I'd leave a message, nothing, send a tape in, nothing. Uh, but eventually I got hired at Magic 93, uh, worked there. I was just a board op. I wasn't even allowed to crack a mic at Magic. I was running the Cousin Brucey oldies show, which came on vinyl record. I had to run it, flip it, run it. And then um, I don't remember who ended up leaving. Um Maybe it was a night girl ended up leaving and I had to move some people up and they were stuck. And they're like, all right, Eric, can you do overnights now? So I went from, you can't touch the mic, don't open it to you're working every damn night of the week, uh, midnight to 5.30 a.m. Uh, and I did that and I was still in college. So I was sleeping through a lot of classes in college and stuff. And yeah. I did that for about eight months. Yeah, whatever, college. <laughs> it only cost me thousands of dollars. Um, and I kept applying at rock 107 and nobody was listening to me. Nobody cared about me again. Uh, the guy, Chris, who was my boss at, at magic really helped me. He had worked at rock 107 previous. He knew that's what I wanted to do. He kind of helped me, uh, get better on the radio. And eventually my tape somehow got listened to and they invited me for an interview. And the guy who hired me said, now at the time, I'm like 20 years old. I had long, I had hair. I don't anymore. I had long hair at the time. It was, you know, the late eighties. And he goes, well, I need a long hair rocker type. So I guess you're hired. Not, not you're good. Not you got potential. None of that. Just, I need a long hair rocker type. So that's how I got the gig. But why was that important? It's radio. They can't see it. No, but you did have to go out and interact with people and shake hands and kiss babies. And at the time, I think he just wanted to, you know, hair metal was still a big thing back then. I think he wanted somebody who fit that vibe for whatever reason. You know, look, I don't give a rat's ass. I was just happy to get the job, dude. I was like, all right, good deal. And then the guy who hires me, the first weekend I'm on the air, calls me up on a Monday morning. I say, and he starts screaming at me because I didn't leave him an air check tape, which is, uh, for those who don't know, a tape just of your breaks on the radio from the previous show. Cause he wanted to go over my air check and I'm like, I'll bring it down right now. He's like, get your ass down here. What the hell? Um, so I got down there, took me maybe 20 minutes and he was gone. I'm like, where did Dave go? Oh, today was his last day. He took a new job. <laughs> like, Oh my God. You know, <laughs> he busted my hump about it. But like years later, when Dave moved back in the area, I'd get a phone call or a message or an email from him every once in a while. Hey, that break was good. Or I liked what you did there or whatever. Uh, so that was always kind of encouraging, but it was just so funny. He's screaming at me that he's not there. I feel like radio and media in general is like this weird business. Um, you know, you mentioned this guy, you know, just up and left. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you've seen bosses come and go and people, you know, sales reps, you know, number one, uh, superstar, Johnny Popko, uh, <laughs> comes and goes and comes and goes. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird, right? I mean, like, has that, 
has that had any effect on you at all over the years? Or are you just kind of just like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I, I just do my job. I mean, that's kind of, it's kind of, I think now I, I, I try to keep it out of my head and I just try to do my job to the best of my ability, and not get in anybody's way and mess them up or anything else. But when I first started in the business, uh, seeing the turnover in it and, and, you know, not being, you're getting a job because you had long hair instead of having talent makes you kind of go, I'm really fucking lucky to have this job. Uh, maybe I'm not that good, blah, 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 blah. And I think because of that, I definitely freaked out and worried about that kind of stuff then. Uh, as I dismiss an email that's on my screen, that's why I'm staring there. Uh, I, so I worried about that a lot. And I would see people get fired for no reason and all that stuff. And then um, my younger brother, who's infinitely more confident in his abilities than I am and more confident in my abilities than I am, uh, just kind of started to get into my head. He's like, look, just do your job, work your craft, get better at what you do, and don't worry about all the rest of that, that shit. And it, it's either going to work out or it's not. And uh, that's the mindset that I try to have now, where it's like, look, this is what I do. Uh, you either like it or you don't. And if you don't, I get it. Some people don't like me. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I, I totally get that. Um, I've had people tell me right to my face that I, I hate my show. I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you want me to do? I'm not going to change just for you. It's working for me. Uh, but it took a long time to build up that kind of attitude. Uh, so now I'm a lot more roll with the punches. People are going to come. People are going to go. It's always sad when good people go for bad reasons. Right. Yeah. But that's, that's about it. Yeah. I mean, there's that saying or, or whatever it is. People don't quit jobs. They quit. They quit managers, bosses. bosses. Yeah. 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 And I think that's true uh, to an extent. And I also think, you know, uh, people get fired because of the way they are. I mean, I've been fired uh, a couple of times, once from Rock 107, uh, and rightfully so. <laughs> Tell me about that. I don't. I mean, I've, I've heard rumblings of the story. Yeah. I don't think I've heard the details. All right, so, uh, you know, my first full-time job in radio was not on the air. It was in promotions, which is uh, going out to events, setting up remotes, uh, helping out with sales to make sure that their clients get these big, wonderful, cool things that, that help them make money. And this is in 1993, uh, I'm doing promotions and I, I, I'm way over my head. Like I really don't do it well. I don't know what's going on. A lot of stuff's falling through the cracks. I'm completely unorganized and out of my depth on this job. Uh, and it shows and it shows quick. And the people I worked with, um, some of whom I know didn't want me to have the job, were awesome and tried to help me and threw me life preservers and really did their best. And what happened was the very first Christmas parade in downtown Scranton, uh, was thrown that year and I'm on the planning committee and you know, I'm, I'm helping to plan the parade and all that kind of stuff. But um, a band I wanted to see was playing at Gallagher's the night before. So I announced to many, many people at work that I'm going to go out. I'm going to drink my face off. I'm going to stay up all night. I'm going to do the parade. Then I'm going to go home and sleep because, you know, I'm 23. I'm stupid. I'm brash. Um, part one went out. Part two drank my face off. Part three. No, nah, I didn't stay up all night. I eventually passed out and Woke up to the parade on TV. Oh, no. Yeah. So that was a Saturday. Um, Sunday, there was a remote at the Sears in the Beaumont Mall with Daniels and Webster, the old morning show that put Rock 107 on the map. Uh, so I'm doing that remote with them. And uh, and Webster's saying, ah, you're fine. Because I'm like, that's it. I'm fired. He's like, no, nah, you're fine. You're fine. It's going to be okay. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, nah, I'm fired. I'm fired. I know I'm fired. Uh, so Monday morning, I walk in. And the program director, who I love to this day and who's a great guy, um, grabbed me and he's like, come on. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to happen. He goes, yeah, you screwed up. I'm like, I got it. I got it. And the GM's like, look, we just can't keep you on, blah, blah, blah. 
Uh, and I'm like, all right, I understand. And I went home and I was, I was understandably upset. I was bummed out, but I also realized that I played a tremendous role in fucking this job up and not being good at this job and, and everything else. So I spent a couple of days sulking. And then I, 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 I thought, all right, I got to address my part in this. So I made sure that the next job I got, no matter what it was, I was going to be more organized because I thought that that was a big, big part of all the other failures before sleeping through the parade because I'm a drunken asshole at 23. Because I think if that was the only thing I had done wrong, they would have been like, all right, idiot, let's sit down and talk. Don't do that. You're good to go. But when you add all this other stuff before it, it was like, we can't we can't do this. Uh, so I just became much, much, much more organized, which has served me well in my career um, and, and has served me well in many other a- uh, aspects of my life. So it was good to get fired that particular time. <laughs> <laughs> so where did Prospector go after that? Um, I spent a lot of time hanging out at my parents' house because I still live there and doing nothing until um, a guy who owned a bike shop and I love bicycles and I was there all the time said, why don't you sell bikes for me? I'm like, yeah, all right. I love bikes. So I ended up selling bikes at Gronsky's for a couple of years and then worked my way back in the radio part time. Uh, so I did about two years of no radio, just selling bikes. And at that time I thought, well, maybe this is it. Maybe it's over. Maybe I'm done. I loved it. I had a good time, but you know, uh, I never really had a full time on the air job. Who the hell is going to hire some flunky who got fired and blah, blah, blah. And Kevin Fitzgerald, who was the board op when I first won the contest back when I was 13, who's the chief engineer at Rock 107 to this day, ran into me at the Viewmont Mall and said, hey, how come you're not on the radio anymore? I know some people who are looking for people. And a a mutual friend of his and mine named Jack needed a guy down at a station in Hazleton. And I'm like, nah, I don't think so, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden he's calling me. Hey, you should really go down there. You should apply. So finally I called Jack and he hired me and I started driving to Hazleton. Um, for like basically a job that I was losing money to do, but it just reignited the passion for what I really liked about radio in the first place, uh, acting kind of like an asshole, telling stories, making jokes, playing music I loved and all that kind of stuff. So that kind of wormed my way back in. Uh, and that's another station I got fired from. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For a totally why, different reason. Why this time? Uh, mouthed off to the boss, but I thought he deserved it. Um, you know, bosses... I'll, I'll tell you all about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bosses are bosses. They deserve respect, but nobody deserves the respect that they don't give you. You know what I mean? That's the way I react. Like to me, you you earn respect, really, is, is how it works. You get a certain amount minimum and then you earn what you earn. And this guy just never earned it. He's always an ass. What happened was I was filling in for the afternoon guy who was also the program director. Now, at the time, I'm working at the bike shop full time. So I took a day off to come and do this guy a favor. And the GM at the time says, uh, Well, where's Jack? I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, You know where he is. I'm like, no, Tom, really, I don't know where Jack is. I was like, all right, fine. And then 10 minutes later, he comes in. And he's like, hey, can you come down to my office? We're going to have a meeting. And I'm like, yeah, I got a long enough song. I said I might have to run back. He's like, whatever. So I'm in there with the whole air staff. There's about 10 of us. And the meeting was about commercials that missed on logs, which is a big deal. You don't want to miss commercials. That's how we all make money. Sure. And he's like, we're going to have to do this and blah, 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 blah. And we're going to have training and we're going to do it uh, tomorrow at this time. And I said to Tom, I said, listen, let me check with my boss because I wanted to see if I could. Like, I was willing to call my boss and tell him what's going on and say, hey, can I take tomorrow morning off work the afternoon, blah, blah, blah. But as soon as I said, let me check. And he goes, you know what? If you can't be here, you don't deserve to be here. And I lost it. 
I said, you know what? Don't treat me like I'm your bitch. And I just ran him up and down about, I deserve more respect than that. If you let me finish my sentence, you would have seen what I was trying to do, but you're a complete asshole and you can't let anybody finish. And you know what? Screw you, blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to take this kind of crap from anybody. You deserve, you owe me an apology, yada, yada, yada. About maybe three or four minutes of me and like not calmly. I mean, top of my lungs screaming in front of other people and, and really completely unprofessional, but it is radio and that happens a lot. And this was still like 96. I was under 30. I was young. So he apologizes to me. Everybody calms down. And I'm like, yeah, okay, this is not ending well. I know it's not ending well. So I walk back into the studio and two of the other jocks are there like, oh, I can't believe Tom Bach backed down. Tom never backs down, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, I'm fired. He's like, no, <laughs> no, you're not. I'm like, look, I'm telling you, end of this show, that's it for me. So as my show, it's like, you know, getting close to seven o'clock when I was getting off the air, I see Tom hovering outside the studio door. So I grab my key and I start pulling it off the key ring. And I walk out and he's like, you blew it, buddy. We had big plans for you, blah, blah, blah. And I calmly explained to him this time that, look, I'm not going to let anybody treat me that way. And I don't really give a rat's ass. And I'll have a job before I get to Scranton. So I was hazelt into Scranton. Big talk from, again, a guy who still never had a full-time job on the radio talking. Has always been part-time, fill-in. My best ability had been availability. You know what I mean? I was always around. So, you know, me and my big mouth. So I'm like, oh, shit. Now I got to kind of back this up or I'm going to look like an asshole at a wedding that I know he's going to be at next week. The night DJ was getting married and we're all going to this wedding. I'm like, Jesus, stupid big mouth. What the hell's the matter with you? So I called a friend of mine who worked at Rock 107, not thinking about Rock 107, just thinking, hey, do you know of anybody who's looking for anybody on the radio quick? And she said, well, we're looking. I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be allowed back there. She goes, well, let me call the program director, who at the time was a guy named Rob. Uh, so then Rob calls me and says, I've heard you on the air. I'd love to have you. Let me call the GM, Jim Loftus, and see if he says it's okay. So Jim calls me, who didn't really know me, but worked with my younger brother, and said, uh, I don't know how you're standing here at the company, but if you're like your younger brother, I'd love to have your board. Rob speaks highly of you. Let me call Bill Liner, who owns the station, and see what he thinks. Then he calls me back 10 minutes later, and Bill says, yeah, yeah, Prospector's good people. He's welcome back. So that's how I ended up coming back to Rock 107. That was 1997 and pretty much been there ever since. Wow. Yeah, crazy, right? So, yeah, my big stupid mouth. Now, the best part of that whole story, though, I, as I mentioned, I had to go to a wedding the next week, right? So I'm at Mark's wedding. It's the reception. I'm standing there talking to somebody, and Tom, the guy who just fired me a week ago, is over across the bar. And he sends this guy, Richie, over, and Richie says, hey, you know, Tommy feels real bad about what happened. I'm like, yeah, you know, so do I. I kind of overreacted, blah, blah, blah. He goes, well, he'd really love to hear you on the radio. I said, good. Tell him to listen to Rock 107 at noon tomorrow. Oh, hear me. And I'm like, I told yes. you. I told yes. you. <laughs> it's exactly right. I'm like, I fucking told you, man. Uh, and it was like the only, like one of the few times in my life I've ever pulled it off. You know what I mean? Even in that small way, it was just so wonderful. Yeah, you don't get many of those opportunities. No, not at all. Absolutely. You know, and now I'm I'm hopefully smart enough that I'd be a lot more calm and not put myself in that position anyway. Well, I mean, I think that comes with age. And yeah, you know, you're very old. <clears throat> I am old, fifty-four. Yeah. Fifty-four. Yeah, man. Damn. Getting older every day. Yeah. We're we're all dying today. Yep. Like we're not That's gonna okay. die. Well, hopefully we won't die today, but we're we're actively dying every minute <laughs> that goes by. Are we turning this into some kind of philosophy class? Is that what's happening? Oh, buddy, I'm turning 40 this year. I'm, I'm turning oh. 40 in three months. Oh. Is it yeah. freaking you out or what? It is. It's really? freaking me out a lot. Um, you know, birthdays typically don't bother me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I turned 30. It was awesome and great and a big deal. 40s got a different a different feel to it, I think, because uh, being a dad, um, in my mind, I feel like 80 is like the age that we're going to kind of live till. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if we're lucky, like if we're luckier, maybe 90, you know. Right. Who lives to 100 these days? You know, maybe a lot of people. I don't know. But I feel like 80 is the number, right? So, like, okay. essentially, my life is halfway over. Right. And then I'd look at it like, okay, if I have 40 more years, how many of those years are going to be good years? Like, you know, no health issues, like no right. bum knee. Like, do I have to get a hip replacement? 15? Uh, I, I don't know. It depends on what you do. Who knows? Those? You know? Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> I don't work out. I don't ride bikes like you. I don't, uh, I'm not very active. Uh, I guess you could say I'm, act- right. I'm active in my, my children's lives where I'm constantly on the, on the go. And right. I think that helps though, you know, any kind so. of movement and all that stuff, but yeah. like there, there, there's a catch 22 too. Cause you know, yeah, I'm on my bike all the time, but now, you know, I'm having a hip problem and it's caused by my bike and I'm trying to straighten that all out and stuff like that. So, you know, you, can, you never know. Right. You know? So right. yeah, you're in your 14 years, you know, away from 40. Right. Yeah. Yep. So how many, how many years are going to be good years out of the yeah. next four and a half? Now, it's funny, though, like none of these birthdays, like 40 didn't freak me out. 50 didn't freak me out. Uh, 25 was the one that freaked me out for, for me, because like I think in my head, 25 was like I, I, I had to be an adult and get my crap together by 25. And I was nowhere close at that point. Uh, so I think that's why it kind of freaked me out. And then after that, I'm like, eh, it, it, you know, not to sound cliche, but it's just a number and it's more in like how you act and all that. And, I, and I'm probably way too immature for a 54 year old in many, many, many ways. So. Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of 54 year old people who yell and scream at TVs during sporting events the way I do, you know? So. I've never had the pleasure of uh, being around you during a sporting event. But there's a reason for that. I generally don't let people around me when I watch sporting events. Well, I've, I've heard you, you know, talk about your, your wife and be like, yeah. you know, Hey, it's Sunday Rams are playing. Don't talk to me. Like, out of that yeah, house type shit. Well, I mean, look, the only time I've actually ever asked her to leave was the two times that we've been together and the Rams were the Super Bowl, you know? Uh, and my wife is incredibly gracious and has agreed to both times. She's like, all right, I'm going to get out of your hair for the Super Bowl. No worries, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but every other time, she's generally around when I'm watching games and has learned to just kind of let me roll, you know? <laughs> like, you could say the most innocuous thing to me, but if you say it right after a bad play... It could be just, you know, I, I could react very, very poorly. Um, and it's completely unreasonable. As we mentioned before, I don't play for this team. Right. I just root for them, you know, but uh, I, my blood can get excited and I get all. That's that's part of the reason I think we attach ourselves to these teams is to feel like part of something bigger, uh, even in just a weird way. And I think that, uh, you know, I definitely scream and yell and act like a moron way, way too much, even still at this advanced age. I used to live with guys who would always do this. I'd be watching a game. I'd be sitting real close to the screen. They go fumble, and I'd be like, "Oh, where? you know, just shit like that all the time." Then sometimes I'll I'll get a text from my boy Mike in the middle of a football game. They don't just say fumble, and I'll just start laughing because I know that that's what he's talking about, you know. So why why make your wife leave during the uh, the Super Bowls? Like- I think it's just it's more because like the you know the higher stake the game is, the more rambunctious, idiotic, and asinine I become. And look, I will say the most inhumane, worst things to people on the TV <laughs> during football games. Um, and why, I just 
<laughs> I don't know. I'm just that. That's how I am. That's how I let go of frustrations or whatever. And like horrible, mean-spirited crap comes out of my mouth that I don't mean. Yeah. It just comes out and I feel better. And 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 I just, I, I'm A, a little embarrassed of how I react. So maybe I don't want her to see all that. And B, I know that at some point she's going to tell me that I have to start acting my age. So I just don't need that pressure during the show. She'll be in the crossfire too. And you're yeah, just, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, we don't need that, you know? Like, yeah. here's, how, here's how ridiculous I could be. There's a guy, I, I've never met this person. To be honest, I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. There's a person who lives um, in Peckville, Blakely, somewhere in that area, who's a big San Francisco 49ers fan. Has flags draped on their house, mannequins in 49er uniforms in their yard. And every time I drive by the house, I think I should drive my car right to this fucking yard and run those damn things over. And I, I really would love to do it, but I'm not going to get arrested for something like that. It's okay to have the thoughts, you know. Just it's okay to have act. thoughts, right? <laughs> Smarter people don't act on the thoughts. I don't know how long I could be that smart. Yeah, I'm the opposite. <laughs> like I just get like very silent, and I get yeah. like you know I might say something under my breath to myself. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just like, I just get disappointed and, and just like, eh. and then like, I'm an Eagles fan too. I yeah. mean, you know, 2017 in the 18 was great. Yep. They, they won the Super Bowl that year. Um, but I mean, like I'm typically used to being disappointed. So I, I try not to get too invested in like, you're living the dream. You know, you like, you, you, you're married. Um, I believe you have a stepdaughter yep. who's older now. Like yeah. you know, they're not in the house. Like, I feel like now where if I spend an afternoon watching a football game, I've especially if the Eagles lose, I just wasted like three hours of my day that I could have been doing X, Y, or Z. Right. And you got your kids that you could be out doing stuff yeah. with and all that kind of stuff. And, and look, there was a point in my life where I didn't watch football every single Sunday. A, I, I couldn't see the Rams all the time anyway, pre-direct TV Sunday ticket time in my life. Sure. And B, I was young. I was doing stuff. I was going out. I was hanging out, riding bikes with people or whatever and all that kind of stuff. But now, as a, a, a man of advancing age, I'm like, I'm going to do this as long as it doesn't get in the way. Like, if there's something else that's going on, uh, you know, a party for a birthday or something like that, I will whine and bitch about it, <laughs> but I will go to the party. I will tape the game, go to the party, and tell everybody, don't tell me a thing about the damn game, and then go back and watch the game in real time, you know? Or, in, uh, you know, and I, I time-shifted that around like right. that. So, it, like, I, tr I try not to let it get in the way of actually functioning as a human. But all that said, 90% of the parties in the world that I'm ever invited to, I don't want to go to. Like, I don't want to go to parties and get-togethers and <laughs> gatherings. And I just I, – I, I've never had an interest in that kind of stuff. Even, like, as a younger guy, when I lived with, like, two of my best friends, they're like, we're going to have a party. I'd be like, oh, I fucking don't want all these people <laughs> at my house. You know, and it wasn't like they're going to trash it or anything. Like, I just don't want to have the small talk. Like, there's nothing I hate more than getting stuck in the elevator with somebody who I hardly know. Yeah. <laughs> and they say, oh, how's the weather? Huh? It's hot. Like, and, and, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's hot. But in my heart, I'm thinking, I fucking hate your guts. <laughs> and I don't hate them, but I just don't want to have that conversation. I understand. You know? I yeah. understand. I have, I hate the phone. I hate the telephone. Like, yeah, I just I don't want to talk to people. I like my wife's like, you, you talk to people all day. It's like, exactly. Right. I want to fucking the phone. <laughs> we, we, started, now, we started dating. She would only call me like. <laughs> if something bad was happening like oh my car right. broke down or whatever so like I, I just hate like i'm like whenever she calls i'm like what's wrong what yeah well that's nice to talk to you too i'm like 
you know the game. Like, don't, don't, don't call me. <laughs> well, my wife and I will call, like, I will call her on my way home from work if she's not at work. Uh, and it's usually just say, hey, baby, I'm on my way home. I'll see you in a couple of minutes. She might say, how's your day? Blah, blah, blah. But it's like a two-minute conversation because I'm going to see her in two minutes. Yeah. And she'll do the same, blah, blah, blah. But they're very, very quick conversations like that. But uh, if my, like, I know this, like, she doesn't call me while I'm on the air unless something horrifically bad happens. Like, you know, we've had water heaters blow up and leak in the house. It's a text. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, yeah. Like, so she's called me twice when I've been on the air. Uh, once was because her doctor was making her go to the emergency room. That's when we found out she had diabetes. And the other was the day her mother passed away. And that's it. So it was both times I picked her phone, I knew something horrific is going on and it's scary. So when right. that phone rings and I'm on the air, it's like, this is not good. You yeah, know? I know. Yeah. 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 I told my wife no more. Like, mm -hmm. she's like, oh, we're going for dinner. I'm like, this is why you fucking called me. <laughs> I'm, I'm I don't mind that call. I think you're dead that. somewhere. Like, what the hell? But like I, I, I also offer nothing. Like, what do you want for dinner? Whatever you want. I don't know. What do you want? Like, here's the deal with me. It's either gonna be steak, uh, hamburger, chicken, or like spaghetti or chicken parm. That's all I ever eat anyway. So run, you know, spin the wheel. One of those four things, we're good. <laughs> yeah, you're you're super uh, plain. Oh, I'm ridiculously picky. Right? Yeah. Like yeah, like hamburger, no condiments, right? Or uh, if it's a hamburger, then a ketchup is okay. If it's a cheeseburger, ketchup is bourbon. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and that's not even the craziest of these rules, you know? Um, it just. Are you, it, it, are you one of those guys the food can't touch too? Oh, no, no, no. Food oh. is not allowed to touch. No, no. Like one of the. Like, we're talking about my stepdaughter before, Allie. Uh, she's 30, owns her own house now. But when she she's comes to dinner. Yes, yeah, she's 30 Holy years old, man. It's shit. crazy. She was like wow. 13, I think, when I started dating her mom. Uh, she's awesome. She's great. But she likes to, to like, you know, fuck with my head a little bit sometimes. So we'll be we'll be eating dinner together. And if it's something with corn and mashed potatoes, she's mixing it up and making sure I see her. Oh, good. <laughs> you know? good. And I'm like, oh, I can't stand it. Like, to me, that's just I could never. And I like corn. I like mashed potatoes. I don't want them together. They're ever. very good together, though. No, no, they're not. Terrible. You never had a uh, mashed potato bowl from KFC? No, I would oh, never do that. There's buddy. way too much. I, I, my textures can't mix. Oh, that's really what yeah. it comes down mashed to. Mashed potatoes, gravy, fried yeah. chicken, corn. It's so good. I don't even like it's lumpy like mashed potatoes. Uh, I also like, I don't like pulpy orange juice. It's either fucking juice or it's an orange. Make up your mind. Yeah. I don't like, I don't, I don't, yeah. yeah. I'm with you. I don't like crunchy peanut butter. You know, if you're going to be peanut butter, be peanut butter. No yeah. crunchy. Don't like any of that kind of stuff. You know, I actually don't even like peanuts, but I love peanut butter. So there you okay. go. Yeah. It's crazy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, well you know, get, a little. <laughs> let's get back to your radio career. You're, you're okay. Back, why not? You're back at Rock 107. Yep. The, the place you want to be at. You wanted to you work for a station that, you know, the, the music that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot has happened, but you said it was 97 or 98, 99? 97 ish. 97. Yeah. yeah, May of 97, I think. A lot has happened between then and now. I mean, we're talking, <laughs> you know, you're, you're still the technology for one, massively different. Yep. Uh, the people you work for, the people you work with, you know, you had Daniels Webster in the mornings, gone. Yeah. Um, talk about some of the changes and, and things that were going on in, in your your second your second uh, what uh, it's your second term or your second yeah. um, tenure? Let's go with tenure. Tenure. Yeah. Well, well, there, <laughs> well, I mean, I was at Rock 107. I left and then came back. I always used to call it yeah. my second. I don't know what I used to call it. Damn it. I don't know. But your second sentence. I don't know what. Yeah. <laughs> I forget. Yeah. I mean, I had great experiences both times. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, like. 
coming back to work there was was like the dream I didn't know I still had, you know? All right, so here I am. I didn't, I'm just trying to get a job and all of a sudden I'm back working at Rock 107 again. Uh, and my first thought was, okay, let's not screw it up like last time. So uh, let's do, do well. I'm on the air part-time. Uh, eventually I get hired in promotions again, but not running in the department, working for a guy named Tony Policare who was way more organized than I ever was. And Tony was very, very good about uh, giving me tasks, letting me do things, but not hanging a lot of responsibility on me. Uh, as I think he knew that um, I wanted to be on the air more than anything else. And uh, I think he was just willing to like, okay, look, I'm going to use him to set up remotes and do that kind of stuff, but I'm not going to bust his hump. Um, and he let me screw around a little bit and stuff like that. And I really just worked and I kept telling anybody who would listen, I just want to be on the air full time. I just want to be on the air full time. I just want to be on the air full time. And eventually... Uh, it happened. I started doing overnights and things like that. But what I noticed, like all the guys that I came up with, came up, uh, you know, uh, with Dan's Webster, with uh, Jack Myers, who was our afternoon guy for a while, and Ed Hamilton and Timmy Boland and uh, Mike Evans and all these other guys had left and moved on or gone. Uh, in the case of Ed Hamilton, he went downstairs to work for the newspaper and all that stuff. So really, it was just Dan's and Webster. And, you know, DC Day had come in and DC was awesome. And uh, Lou Fontaine was our afternoon guy for a while. And, and he was fantastic so we're still like a lot of good hard-working disc jockeys who uh, i always felt were way way better than i was and that it was people that i could look up to and and hopefully learn from um so for me the first couple of years back was like a learning experience just okay let me soak in and, and let me see what these people are doing and what i think works and what i think don't doesn't work or wouldn't work for me the way i want to do jobs and uh just kind of like sponge off their knowledge to get better at my job and then it was one of those things like okay now I'm on the air. Now I just want to move up. I want to move up the chain. You know what I mean? And, uh, and in my mind, I just wanted to eventually be the afternoon guy because there was no thought in my mind that Dan's and Webster were ever leaving. So, you know, forget being the morning guy. You got these legend guys here. You're not going anywhere. So afternoons was, was the thing for me. But as things changed, you know, we got computers. So we weren't playing CDs anymore. All the songs are on computers. Um, it made things easier in a lot of respects, but it made things harder in some other respects. It makes it easier because you're not constantly pressing buttons every three and four minutes. It makes it harder because now it's easier to get distracted. Uh, people are going to throw more work at you because you're not have to push a button every four minutes. You got 20 minutes, go do this commercial and come back and, and things like that. So like, you know, things got better in some respects, but then tougher in, in other respects. And then people that, that, that attrition starts to happen. People move on, get better jobs. People move on and, and leave the company for un, other ungood reasons or, or whatever. And then, you know, so sooner or later I'm doing afternoons right where I wanted to be. And then I realized, well, like, okay, what else am I going to do? I can't be the afternoon guy until I retire. I'm 37 years old now. I'm going to do afternoons for 30 years and, you know, barely make enough money to survive and all that kind of stuff, you know? Um, so I started thinking about, I, I had to come up with something else and something better to do. Uh, and that's when somebody said, Hey, how would you like to be a program director of one of the other radio stations uh, that we own? So I'm like, sure. Yeah. Okay. There's more money. I mean, literally my, my response was there's more money in it, right? Yeah. Okay. I'll do it which should have been a giant red flag to everybody that maybe this is not the job for him, if that's the only yeah. reason he wants to do it. Um, so I did that. I actually came off the air from Rock 107 from the afternoons in like 2009, maybe 2008, for about maybe a year uh, doing this other job, which parts of it were fantastic and outstanding, but I really missed being on the air. So I kind of started angling to be back on the air. And that is when uh, Webster left to go work at WILK, right? And as I'm really pushing hard to get back on the air, Webster leaves and like everybody, like that's a shock. You know what I mean? I remember when 
I got the call that he resigned. I'm like, what the hell just happened? You yeah, know? Can you, can you elaborate on how important uh, Daniels and Webster were or was to uh, Rock 107? I mean, I, I don't know if it can do it justice, but I'll try. I mean, Rock 107 is this radio station that comes out in the air in the 1980s, and it does okay because it's the only rock station in the Northeast PA. But it's it's a music station, and it's playing music, and, and it's great. It doesn't really have an identity. It doesn't have a focus. It doesn't have a singular vision or a drive until all of a sudden Jay Daniels and John Webster teamed up as a morning show. And then it's like, you know, um, like, like, like an explosion of sorts happened back in like the, like the early 80s, 83, 45. And all of a sudden, I remember as a kid in high school going, what the fuck, man? These guys are amazing. This is so much fun. And it was just, it was just, it gave the station a real identity other than just being a music station. You know what I mean? It gave it a personality. It gave it a, a defining wit to that radio station and that carried on for decades you know everything we did uh promotionally uh, on the air all went through that kind of filter of a little bit of uh self you know deprecation a little bit of sarcasm a little bit of humor all those filters got applied and that all happened because of dan's west so taking away the fact that they were a great morning show that galvanized an audience which they did and they helped build the station up they really provided a direction that everything else on that station can get run through and steered through, which helps you focus and makes everything better and all that. So they really provided that. So from an insider's perspective, that's that's what was so amazing about Dan's Webster. Besides them doing rock solid morning show, thousands and that what five thousand, six thousand shows over the course of their lifetime, I and mean, that's tough to do. I'm at twenty one hundred and sixty two, and I'm like, how do they do it? You Who's know? counting? Jesus. Oh, I counted. Trust me. You know. Uh, yeah, it was one of those things. My my dad used to listen to uh, Rock 107, so like I was familiar with the station and, and yeah. Daniels and Webster, but like I didn't like I wasn't around in, in their heyday. And right. um, even when they, you know, uh, you said the one left, it just it, it didn't matter to me at that point. Right. But I, but but I knew it, the importance. Yeah, it changed everything at the radio station. First of all, everybody freaks out because you're like, what are we going to do now? You know. Uh, and it just changed everything because it's never going to be the same. It's the end of a golden age, so to speak. That doesn't necessarily mean that bad things are coming. It just means it's never going to be the same again. You know, right. um, luckily we we weathered uh, that storm fairly well yeah. and uh, came out of it in, in pretty good shape. Um, you know, what happened to me was I, I was talking about it with my uh, wife and sister-in-law. Uh, my sister-in-law had also worked in radio. She had been at the the X for a long time in, in marketing and stuff there. And she's like, you should do that show. And I'm like, eh, I don't know if I can do that show. And she's like, no, no, you should do that show. And that kind of like started me thinking, she's right. I should do that show. So uh, for the first time in a long, long time, I actively campaigned to do you know mornings. I want to do the morning show. I want to do the morning show. And they went and hired uh, another guy which kind of bummed me out, but I'm like, okay, what it is what it is. And I'll just bide my time and get better and see what happens. And then, you know, about a year, a little less than a year later, they're like, we want you to do the morning show. And luckily I've been able to, to continue doing it for 12 years now. What year is it? Yeah. Almost. It's just over 12 years now. 12 years. Jeez. Yeah. 2010. It'll be, it'll be exactly 12 years. Um, August 13th, which is Saturday. Wow. Yeah. I know that. How funny is that? Wow. So when this when this goes up, when this posts on the interwebs. Oh wait, no, I screwed that up. I'm oh. sorry. Uh, October twelfth, August thirteenth is a different date. That's the day uh, I used to have a partner when I started this, 
uh, show, a guy named Dave Dorenzo, who's awesome and is still a good friend of mine and uh, does voice work. So if you need somebody to record a commercial, uh, Dave's your man. But uh, Dave actually got let go on August 13th. So that's the bad anniversary. October 12th is the good anniversary. So October 12th will be uh, 12 years. Was so August 13th of 2013, right? Yeah. Because I... So- so when I, when I came into the fold, like I started like the first week of August, I think it was right, or the last week of July. So like I come in, I'm like this like new to radio guy. I I, you right. know, I left the the weekender which, where I was before that as a general manager. I said I'm done with this this product. I've, I've done what I wanted to do. I wanted a new uh, challenge. Came mm-hmm. to the time Shamrock, and next thing I know, <laughs> the morning show is getting broken up. I'm like, what the fuck did I walk into? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's exactly how we all felt when Daniel went to the left and moved to the other job. We're all like, Wooka! you know, um, and, and 100 times more powerful and worse because it was a bigger deal at the time. Um, now, and, and it's funny because, like, I was very, very upset when that happened. Uh, very scared, you know, because now I'm like, OK, now I got to do this alone. You no, know, did, um, were you alone? And then he was a, a, your partner. No, and David, then, Dave and so I started from the go as together, partners. Okay. Right, right. right. And, uh, and then it took me a, a little while of kind of floundering before I finally figured out what I wanted, you know, how I wanted to take the show after that and stuff, you know? And then once I, I figured that out, I think it, it's, it kind of gelled together pretty well. That's got to be a difficult thing because, like, you know, I, I imagine, you know, just like we're doing now, you kind of feed off each other, like yeah. you, know, you feed off the emotion and questions and answers and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Now you're by yourself. Right. And not only did you lose a partner and a, and a friend, like, you know, you're, you lost your co-host. Like, yep. So, I mean, did management say like, good luck or like, <laughs> Hey, figure it out. What, what, how did that play out? The general manager at the time uh, seemed a little upset that I wasn't happier about what happened, um, which to me seemed crazy. Um, and then um, the only thing that was said to me was, well, we feel like you can, you know, carry the show and move this station forward. Okay, great. Cool. How do I, how do you always want to do that? We feel that you can figure this all out and make it happen. Great. Okay. Um, so it took me a little while to kind of get my bearings. And I talked to a couple of people who uh, I trust and know that don't work at our radio station that work in radio out of the market. Uh, and, and, and I talked to my younger brother who, as I said before, has way more confidence in my abilities than I do and kind of helped me kind of figure out how I wanted to, you know, to do what I wanted to be on the air because, uh, you know, it is a show. It's not just, it's this, what you're getting on rock 107 is, is an extension of me, but it's, it's prospector. It's a, it's a little bit of a character. You take parts of your personality and you kind of amplify them a little bit. So the, the, the guy, the guy who's always bitching about everything, that's not really me every day of my life. Don't get me wrong. And you know, this, I bitch about a lot of stuff, but it's not the entire totality of my being. Uh, and on the radio, it's a lot more of it. You know, the ranting is, uh, is something I certainly have done and do, but it's more so on the radio. You know, I, I hope I'm a nicer, sweeter person in real life than I am on the radio, even though I don't think I'm a complete asshole on the radio. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, I, I mean, I worked yeah. with you and, and and it was funny because like when I you know would tell people that I worked at Rock 107, they're like, oh, do you know Prospector? Like you were like this mythical creature. Yeah, I don't I know it's, it's part of being the morning show, I think. It's, yeah. It was cool. I mean, and I, I want to talk about that like, and like, you know, what that kind of means to you, because like, I mean, I, I was in media, you know, I was Johnny Weekender, bro. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that, remember that or not, but yeah, I was, uh, I was, I was somebody. <laughs> How could anyone forget this? Come on. <laughs> I was, I was somebody, right? Yeah, man. But, but no, like, so like, you know, prospector, like, 
do you know Prospector? I'm like, yeah, I have coffee with him every morning. <laughs> like, no, you do? Like, what's he like? You know, like, so and I knew you and I knew like the ins and outs, so to speak. Yeah. And it was just like bizarre to me. But like, there are people who like see you as like, they may not know you, but they feel like they, that you're a friend and they're, you know, someone that they can relate to. Yeah. What's that like for you? Cause that's, that's gotta be neat. Like you have fans who like you, maybe if you never met before, but like, they'll call you, they'll talk to you for, I know you've gotten phone calls and people they'll, they'll talk to you for like more longer than you want to talk to them. Oh, sometimes you need to get off the phone. Yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's cool. It's, it's the same reason my dad loved listening to Harry West. You feel like you know this person and they they are your friend. You know what I mean? It's the same reason uh, that I love listening to James and Webster. I feel like a kinship. You know what I mean? Uh, so that's something you're, you're, you're hoping to cultivate as a personality on the radio. If you're not, why are you doing this? You know what I mean? Like that, anybody, I love the music we play, but anybody can play these songs we play, right? So it's what's between the records that helps set me apart hopefully in a good way. Um, what I learned is that uh, I'm, I'm lucky and grateful that the stupid, silly little nonsense I get to do and get paid for resonates with some people. Um, and sometimes in a bad way and sometimes in a good way. Uh, but I try to always just be respectful to the fact that like, if somebody wants to take two minutes out of their day to come up to me and say, Hey, nice to meet you. Uh, I'm so glad, uh, you know, I, I want to thank them for listening because if it's not for you, uh, I don't have a house. My wife and I don't have food. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I, I, but I also want to thank them for just taking the time out to come out and be nice to me about it. Uh, and if somebody wants to come up and it's happened here or there where they say, you know, I don't, I'm not a fan of you, blah, blah, blah. I, I usually just say to them, like, I, like in my head, I'm thinking, well, you know, that's like going into McDonald's and saying I like Burger King better. Why are you doing it? Yeah. But I always say to them, I get it. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. You know, Neil's on when I'm done. Hopefully you like Neil. Hoover's <laughs> on when I'm done. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and I think it works out, but I think I've completely missed the point of the question you were asking. Uh, it's very cool and incredibly humbling. Uh, and it was very, very, very odd at first. I, I am, I'm a very, I have a lot of social anxieties, you know, which is again, why I don't like to go to parties and stuff like that. So I struggled for a long, long time with the whole interacting with listeners and meeting listeners and stuff like that. Uh, I would be at remotes and I would tell Hoover, look, you talk to the listeners, let me do the radio breaks and hide. And now I am completely the opposite of that. I, I basically, you know, I, I worked really, really hard at, at dealing with my stupid little anxieties and going out and meeting the people who, who listen to our show and, and listen to our radio station, because without them, what am I doing yeah. You know, and I've met some awesome, very, very cool people throughout Northeast PA. I've really met some wonderful, wonderful, cool people. I've met some people that are like, oh, my God, this is bad. <laughs> uh, and I've met some people who are just, you know, nice to come up who love the station and just want to talk for a couple of minutes. You know, it's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. I think that was one of the coolest things when I first started in radio was just like seeing the people that would come out to remotes and like to yeah. just not even to like enter to win the prize that they were they were giving away or whatever it was like mm -hmm. literally came like they wanted to meet prospector they wanted to shake your hand they wanted to say hey <laughs> stop playing let's whatever <laughs> how much is that plenty to play yeah yeah exactly and you get that and like look and, and you know again another fast food analogy that's like talking to ronald mcdonald about the menu like i, I don't control that you know what i mean uh i do what i'm told as far as the music goes but uh but i understand it like if there's a band that you don't particularly like that we play, it's going to stick in your head every time you hear it. So you're really going to fixate on that. Like yeah. if you're not a Pink Floyd fan, 
we play a ton of Floyd. It's going to bother you. I get that. Yeah. Well, it's also cool that you have listeners who like feel like it's also their station because in, in all reality, it is like, I mean, absolutely. you know, so it's neat to like have people that invested in saying like, Hey, like, I care enough about this. to tell you to fucking stop playing it or, or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. And sometimes people say like, you know, I can't listen anymore because of this, this, and this. And like, I totally get it. I understand. You know what I mean? People grew up with the station. People love that radio station. Um, and what's been happening lately, and I've been talking to my wife about this the other day, we had a, a guy come in, put some windows into my garage, who's me, 32, and his assistant is 26, and they're talking about the show. Like, they didn't know, like, you know, I booked them, blah, 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 and the guy's, like, in my garage, and we're talking about the windows, he's like, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, um, I work on the radio. I knew it, dude, and it was really nice, but I love it when somebody who, like, it's, like, somebody who's my age, they grew up listening to it. I get why they listen to it, right? Um, but somebody younger who doesn't, you know, didn't grow up with Rock 107 always blows my mind that they love the station. And I think that's, that to me is like just the coolest thing in the world. When somebody comes up like, oh, I love your station. Cause, uh, you know, I listen in the car on the way to work every day. I'm like, and they're 25. I'm like, that's outstanding. Not yeah. that they're better or worse than somebody my age. It's just, I, I, I don't know how that happened then. So like, you know, I think it's cool. Well, yeah, of course. And like, you know, the, it's not a joke. It's not funny, but like, you know, the music has to evolve to yeah. a degree because like you have this audience that likes certain songs. Unfortunately, that audience is dying. So you yeah. need to attract a, essentially a younger audience and, and, and kind of carry them through their older years before you yeah. kind of do it again. I imagine. Um, and I think I've noticed some things recently on rock on seven where the music has changed a bit yeah. to include some of the, you know, late nineties, because I guess it's kind of considered classic rock at this point, which is kind of disgusting. You're looking at that 20, 25 year range, dude. I'm sorry. That's classic yeah. rock, man. Yeah. When I started, anything that was 10 years old was considered classic rock. I remember the first time I got to call Back in Black classic rock in 1990. And I'm thinking, how is this classic rock? You know? Yeah. And now it's like 40 some years old, you know, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, and that's the tough thing for a lot of people to deal with on both ends of the spectrum, you know, and you grew up with this music and all of a sudden it's plastic rock. Oh my God, am I old? Blah, blah, blah. And then the other part of that is I grew up with this radio station and now they're playing stuff that like doesn't appeal to me as much. That's tough too. Cause now it's like, again, a lot of people have that. This is my radio station. Now they're forsaking me. So it's a balancing act and you need to be, it's like the, the range game on prices, right? In reverse, instead of the thing moving up, you're trying to move people through the range. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm giving you the visuals. Yeah, I got it. Anyone listening, go uh, watch the video on Facebook or YouTube. Yeah. Prospector's giving us visuals. And none of them are vulgar. So that's good. <laughs> Not yet. No, nah, well, it's, it's, I was going to say it's early, but it's late. Like to me, this right now is like 2 30 in the morning right now. Yeah. What's it like? Uh, what's it been like having to wake up uh, with the ash crack of dawn or even? Before? It was crazy the first couple of weeks. Just crazy. Like, how am I ever going to get used to this? How am I going to adjust to this? getting up at two 30, you know, three o'clock in the morning crap. It's not going to work. Why did I take this job? The fuck is wrong with me? And then eventually you figure out a, a, a system that works. And what generally works for me um, is an hour and a half nap somewhere in the middle of the afternoon. And then I hang out with my wife and I get to bed around nine 30, quarter to 10 and I go to bed and, and that works for me. Um, so I, you know, it's just my life now. It, it's fine. I get up and I'm, First 10, 30 seconds, I'm like, oh, my God. And then once I get downstairs uh, and I start either looking at show prep or if I jump in the shower first, I'm ready to go. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then I get a coffee on the way to work and I become obnoxious. It's great. <laughs> You're a big Duncan guy, right? Yeah. I love the Duncan stuff, man. And then, and, uh, you know, uh, usually the medium with cream and sugar, three and three, uh, for a little while I was going two and two. Cause you know, I, like many of us trying to lose some weight and I decided I, I got to go back to three and three. I'll put, I'll keep an extra eight pounds around for three. And three. <laughs> Winter is coming. Yeah. I need that weight. I need that, uh, like that fat layer to keep warm. <laughs> so what do you think? Certainly, I, mean, I don't have any hair to keep warm. So whatever. You know? I make hats for that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which I almost wore, uh, hang on. I almost wore this hat today. The Yankees hat. Yeah. Yeah. Figures. And then I'm like, nah, you would do that. You would do that. Well, if I wore the hat, I'd be playing with it all night. And I'm like, yeah, I don't wear that. <laughs> so you're 54 now. Yeah. I mean, are, are you knocking on the door of retirement? Or, I mean, I mean, is you mentioned before, like, I can't be the afternoon guy forever. Now, well, and that was more financially. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. But I mean, I mean, as prospector, is this, is this how we see prospector go out like where he's the morning show guy. It's, it's how it's going to end. I, I mean, I hope so. Unless they tell me to get the hell out before I'm ready to get out. But right. like, I, I, I can't, I can't fathom picture seeing myself in retirement in the respect of not working. And what am I going to do? Like uh, I come from a family of people who like to work. Like I love my job I, and I've, I've been really, really lucky that I've had, 99.9% of the jobs I've had in my life, I've loved one or two sucked and that happens. But like a lot of people don't get to wake up to jobs that they are looking forward to going to every day. Uh, I'm on vacation and usually halfway through the vacation, I'm like, I got to get back to work. I can't wait to get back to work. I can't wait to, I'm thinking a shift for the show or writing bits up or whatever. Um, so I'm one of those assholes. Like if I win the lottery, I'm not quit. You know, now, that doesn't mean I won't quit three months down the road. If somebody pisses me off, and I go, I don't need this shit, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not quitting day one. I'm like, Nope, I'm hanging out. I love it. Uh, I, I can't imagine 65 coming to me just going, yeah, I'm done. See you later. Goodbye. I'm probably, when it comes time to retire, going to see if I can finagle myself into something part-time where I'm still doing something on the weekends on the air just because I love it so much until they go, okay, get this old man the hell out of here. When it's like, yeah. hey, you whippersnappers don't know nothing about rock and roll. When that show's on the radio, somebody's going to pull me out of the studio with a coat hook, and that's the end of it for Prospect. Up next, we got Justin Bieber. <laughs> prospect is going to go out like just like the crazy old ranting lunatic that he is uh but just not having any sense that it's time to stop that's really what it's going to be like you know yeah. like you know those bands that you're like oh my god why have they not given up and retired already that will be me on the radio too what are some of those bands i feel like anyone that's still doing it is still doing decent yeah, I mean, I would say for the most part, um, I, and I just use that as kind of the example we all know and love to say. Um, and speaking of that, like I, I saw Genesis this year, uh, well, actually last year in December in New York City. And, you know, Phil Collins couldn't even stand. He's out on a chair. Dude sounded great. And it was one of the better concerts I've been to in my entire life. And I had never seen Genesis before. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going. I bought the tickets. I very rarely buy concert tickets because I've gotten spoiled in this business of getting free tickets for shows all my whole life. So, like, I dropped, I think, like, two fifty per ticket to go see Genesis. My wife's like, "What?" But we we went. And we had a blast. So I think they did a good job. Um, I mean, I, I I don't know if I know any off the top of my head that are that are doing it. Like, the old joke is the Stones and the Who, but like, I, you know, I've seen the Stones and they're yeah, fucking so phenomenal. <laughs> you know, I haven't seen the Who since the '80s, but they were good then. 
What I think I saw was that Bon Jovi had a, a pretty terrible. Uh, oh, was there like a bad bon, bon Jovi? Yeah, I mean, okay, you want to talk about it like that? So, I mean, look, you know, like I, I love Motley Crue, but Vince Neil doesn't sing well live. Yeah, you know, and hasn't probably in decades. Uh, I, when I go to the show, I'm not going. Gee, I hope Vince sounds good tonight. <laughs> I'm just going to be entertained, and I love sure. Motley Crue, and it's going to be awesome. And I'll deal with the fact that it's feel good and fine, whatever. It's fine, you know. <laughs> um, so maybe there's that that kind of thing. Some bands hold on to their performance level better than others, I guess. You know, I, I am not so um, astute that I can catch a lot of that stuff anyway. So, sure. you know? yeah, I have no musical talent of my own. So. Same, same. <laughs> Um, I feel like radio has this, um, camaraderie, uh, as, as much as you know, we talked about ratings earlier and as much as you want to be number one, um, I feel like a lot of, you know, radio kind of sticks together almost. I know, and I know you're friends with, um, you know, other, uh, DJs from other stations. Mm-hmm. You know, when I came into the, the scene, I worked for a newspaper at the weekend we mentioned earlier, it was very like almost like cutthroat like yeah. weekend was owned by the times leader as the times leader hated citizens voice weekender hated electric city or diamond right. city whatever it was like but then when i kind of got to in radio that kind of didn't really exist it was like yeah we want to beat we want to beat you in the ratings but like like i i wanted like people to not physically die but like i'm like i fucking hate you like i don't want to talk to you like you're the enemy. Like you are the enemy. Yeah. I don't. I don't care. Like you. You are on a station that I don't work for. Fuck you. I think um, a because radio is a very incestuous business. A lot of us work at many, many stations in the market. You get to know a lot of people that way. Even me, thirty some years here at Rock 107, I still worked at two other radio stations in this market. So I or free. So I know some other people that worked at those places. So I think that's part of why it's there. Uh, particularly in Scranton area, a lot of us went to Marywood University. A lot of the old people like me, my age, went to Marywood, you know, and I, a lot of us came up together that way and we ended up at different places and stuff. So I think you're friendly there. Uh, and the other part of it is like, you know, I'm just a squirrel trying to get a nut, man. That's all I am. Uh, you know, there's there's a, there's enough out there for all of us. We can all have a nice career and a nice life and, and we don't need to kill anybody over it. When I, years ago, uh, I worked at Pepsi Cola part-time riding in trucks, delivering soda right when Coke launched new Coke. So all of a sudden we got real, real busy at Pepsi and all that kind of stuff. And we were working our asses off and stuff. And I remember the guy, uh, one of the guys on the truck I worked with, and I said something about, you know, maybe like Coke will just go away. And he goes, eh, why do we want him to go away? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, everybody's got to eat. Dude. Everybody's got to eat. And I, I kind of always stuck with me. Like, yeah, I want to win because I'm competitive and I want to do a good show and I want to get rewarded for it. But, you know, I don't want Rocky to not be able to, you know, buy a new kayak or, you know, I don't want like Jew to not have to, you know, get a car when he wants to get a car. I mean, I want everybody to, to do well and have a good life as well. These are nice people. They just happen to work at different radio stations. We do want Duffy to not afford coffee, though. <laughs> we want. <laughs> no, I love Duffy. He's one of no, the no, nicest we people make sure. you're ever going to meet. We want, we want to beat him so he doesn't. He can't afford his coffees. No, no, I'm no, kidding. No. I'm kidding. I know you're kidding. I know Duffy is one of the nicest, kindest, uh, help you outiest kind of people yeah. you're ever going to meet. Uh, loved him in college. Loved working with them. Uh, miss him. You know that I don't get to see him all that often, but. If I'm ever anywhere where I think he might be, if I'm in Wilkesbury for something, it's like, uh, you know, hey, let's go get a coffee. Yeah. Oddly enough, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> uh, so we still see each other time to time and all that kind of stuff. But like, here's like one of those things that like, uh, like, I don't 
and I, and this is my fault. This is where prospectors are complete assholes. Social anxiety gets in the way of my life. I would love to, you know, go have dinner with Duffy and his wife, Jill, and just hang out and all that kind of stuff. I never make that phone call ever, you know? Um, yeah, I think that's everyone, you know, you know, I mean, I, I mentioned Dave Dorenzo, Dave and I still go out and we hang out and stuff like that. Uh, it's always because Dave calls because he knows I'm an idiot and I'm never going to do it. Uh, my two best friends that I mentioned before, Mike and Mike, 99% of the time we're doing something, it's because one of them says we need to do this because I'm just never going to call you. And, and I don't know what that is. I, you know, uh, uh, I had a great boss who, who was very, very influential in my career and gave me a lot of skills. Tom Bass. Were you there when Tom Bass was there or did you leave? No. You got there after Tom was there. Um, oh, Tom's a wonderful guy and, and a great boss and one of the smartest programmers I ever worked with. And he's been gone 12 years now. Uh, I've literally conversed with him twice since then. It was both after somebody died, you know? Uh, and I love the guy dearly, you know what I mean? But I just never, and he's the same way. So it's like, we just never call each other, you know? Uh, and that there's, there's like, like my regrets in life. I got to get better at that kind of stuff. I, dude, I'm the same way. Like if someone says, Hey, do you want to go do this? I'll, I'll go do it hundred percent. Like, I don't care. Like, yes, yeah, let's have fun, whatever. But as far as me, like, like starting it, I'm yeah. just bad at it. I'm bad. Dude, I, I'll, I'll say, social. yeah, I'll do it. Um, especially if it's far away. Like if you said, hey, we should get together in December. Yeah, John, that's a great idea. As it gets closer, I'm dreading it. I'm worried about it. And I'm looking for reasons to not do it. Um, and it's not just you or, or, you know, Duffy or any. It's like family members and stuff like that. Um, like uh, I'm trying to think of where I was going. And I, I, there was a possibility I was going to. Oh, I was going out to, to New York City to do a bike New York ride. And my friend Mike Rogan, who I've known since I'm eight years old, uh, was going with me. And I remember saying to my wife, I hope Mike and I had something to talk about for two hours in the car. And she's like, are you an idiot? You've known him since you're eight years old. You always have stuff to talk about. What's wrong? But like, that's the kind of idiocy I live with. I'm super nervous about that kind of stuff. Don't think I didn't sit here thinking before this started, what the hell are John and I going to talk about for an hour or whatever is going to go on? You know, what's he going to ask me? If you had told me, hey, listen, we can't do it tonight. I would have said, okay, good. And I would have dodged you for months <laughs> on doing it again. This all sounded great in theory weeks ago. I'm surprised you said yes. I was like, <laughs> I'm surprised I said yes. Yes. <laughs> Only because I'm an attention whore. So I want the attention, you know? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you're going to be exposed to at least five listeners. I'll take it. Um, this is going to be. Uh, I'll take any listeners I can good, get. Good for your career. It's a good career move. I'll, I'll tell you that right now. Well, are we doing this for publicity or are we doing, doing it just because it's fun? Oh, who? Me or you? Well, both of us. I mean, I'm doing it because it seemed like a good time. Yeah, it, it, for me, it's fun. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. Who, who am I? Like, right. I, I mean, like, I, I saw the one with uh, with Hoover, uh, and I'm like, oh, that that seemed like a lot of fun. Yeah. It was. So, yeah, well, like, and I, I, I was hurt things. personally that I went, I got last pick, but whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Well, there's a couple things, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. All right. Neil has had me on his show, the, the Beer Breakfast, on ESPN Radio. At least five times. Okay. You got to take care of Neil. Yeah. I mean, I had, he's going to Cape May this weekend. He offered to pick me up some beer. Got to take care of him, number one. So he was first, right? Then Hoover, Hoover reaches out sometimes and says, Hey, I got tickets to XYZ that I can't get rid of. Do you want them? Hoover's really good at that stuff. So, yeah. I say yes or no, whatever. Um, I mean, he does live down the road from me. Um, We are kind of neighbors. We work neighbors. 
closer neighbors before I moved into right. the, uh, our new house. But so I, I got Hoover. And then honestly, I was like, I don't think Prospector wants anything to do with me. He <laughs> want it. There's, there's that. There's the fact that I do this at, in the evenings. Yeah. There's no way he's going to be awake. Um, he's big time. He doesn't have time for these little no. guys. No, 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 no. I'll do any podcast because. I just think they're fun. You know what I mean? Oh, like, no, I don't care. No, no, okay. I don't, no, no, I don't feel special at all. No, no, no. Well, you shouldn't be. You're not special. But here's the deal. I, I'll do any of these kind of things if somebody asks me because I just think they're fun. They're a lot of fun. And and we've talked about stuff that we've kind of maybe danced around before. You know what I mean? And, and knowing each other, but we actually tatted about. But like, if you and I were sitting in a room talking about these things, I would have up and left a long time because <laughs> I would have felt too just weird about it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It would have been gone. So. Yeah, I, I'd be like, oh, like, oh, my oh wife, I got to get going. My wife's, my, wife's, calling. my wife's calling me. <laughs> you think I'm like kidding? No, I guarantee you I would have done. Oh, I know. I'm not kidding at all. Oh, yeah. like, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is real. That's why we yeah. have to do this. But I absolutely would have done that. And and like uh, and when you said Prospector wants nothing to do with me, that's not true either. But it just all goes back to I'm never reaching out to anybody. And I don't know why. Like, I, I, I can't pinpoint it, uh, you know. I've done some therapy for some of my social anxiety issues in the last year or so. Uh, and I've gotten better in some respects um, and not so good in other respects. Uh, you know, like um, I, for the first time in a long time, I went to an event where I didn't make sure I was sitting on the aisle of it at a, uh, a venue. Um, and it didn't freak me out the entire way there wondering who was going to be sitting next to me and all that kind of stuff, um, which is trust me a big deal. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's huge for me. Like my, like literally, my brothers, my friends all know aisle. Like here's a perfect example. Bill Burr played down at the uh, the arena. What was it, a couple months ago? I was there. Yeah, yeah, great show. Yeah, had a blast. Sweet. My wife Tara and I go to the show. We buy tickets, or we actually got tickets for free from the radio station. I run into uh, this girl Anne, who I dated years ago, who works at the arena, and she said she's saying hi to me and Tara, and we're chatting for a couple minutes. And she goes, "I may have some ticket upgrades. Are you guys interested?" And we're like, absolutely, we're sitting up in 202, come see us, blah, blah, blah. So I go to the bar to get beers, and I come back up, and my wife's like, well, you missed it. Ann was here. I'm like, oh, did we get upgrades? She said, yeah. She goes, in fact, I made sure to get Eric an aisle seat because I know what an idiot he is, and he can't sit anywhere but on the aisle. <laughs> this is a woman who who uh, I hadn't had any like real close, you know, other than a two- or three-minute conversation with in about 14 years, yet that stuck in her head. So I guess wow. I'm pretty insane about this stuff. I don't know. But that's good. People know. I guess. Well, is it good or should I be somehow a little more flexible in my life that I can sit somewhere and not have to have an aisle seat? Well, hey, you know what? If you're going to be upgraded, you might as well be upgraded to a, yeah. a, 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 an upgrade. It's, it's, Absolutely. It's, you know, well, it was a great upgrade. We were like five rows off the stage on the left-hand side. So we we're sitting like right as where the seats start off the ice rink. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were, we were like nine rows back. Oh, cool. Yeah, great good show, great. though. Yeah, I mean he's he's the best. I mean, yeah, he's amazing. There's like five comedians that I really love. It's you know, Bill Burr, yeah. Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two, three more, John. Come on. Yeah. Uh, shit. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're out there. They're, I mean, there's three more. So well, Bill Burr is one of my favorites. He's amazing. Uh, I'm a big fan of John Mulaney. I think John is outstanding. I love the way he tells stories. Yeah, I hear he's you a know? good storyteller. I'm not. He's I don't, a great storyteller. Yeah, I don't I, I love. Mean, He's certainly, um, and I kind of like those those guys who sneak in the mean spiritedness, and John can do that really, really well. Yeah, uh, always love George Carlin. Uh, George is great. There's a comedian named Kelsey Cook who is outstanding. Um, uh, you know, she's touring. She's like, you know, just starting, just below the theater circuit now, so she's making her way up. She's 
phenomenal. Um, and uh, there was another guy. Oh, Brian Regan. Love Brian Regan. Yeah. And there's more, but those are like the five I think I'm on top of my head. Sebastian Maniscalco. Oh, yeah, he's great. Aziz Ansari. Yeah. I really enjoyed. Uh, Nikki Glazier. Oh, Nikki's fantastic. Yeah. yeah, she's great. I forgot about Nikki. Yeah. yeah. So there's yeah. my five. Okay, there you go. You got your five. Yeah. All right, let's yeah. cut it off. I got to go to bed, John. I know. I was going to wrap things up. I know you got to go to bed. Um, craziest call you ever got? Just recently happened to me. Okay. Uh, by recent, I mean a couple months ago. Um, I don't remember the setup for the thing. It was a phoner topic where we're talking about just uh, weird things. Was it weird things you ate? Or weird things you saw, but whatever it was, uh, and it wasn't a call. It was what we call an open mic, which you can record through our our Rock 107 app and send right to the studio. A guy in Australia called me, said, "Prospector, weirdest thing I ever ate, my own finger. I was working at a restaurant, cut it off inadvertently, never found it, and then ate it in the the, the whatever chili he ate. He's I'm a self cannibal. I'm like it blew my." fucking mind getting that thing i saved it i still have it i listen to it every once in a while so he like cut his finger off hung out finished his shift and said yeah finished his shift and ended up eating not the whole just the tip he said i'm gonna have a a post post shift meal (laughs) i don't know if i cut my finger off it's hospital hospital. time even if it's just the tip it's hospital time yep but no there he is he's a trooper self-cannibal yeah that was my craziest phone call that and then uh the one guy who uh, uh, called me and said, I have a present for you. It's waiting for you outside the station. And uh, I get out there and there's a bulletproof vest with about 150 notes pinned to it that say things like, wear this in good health. You'll need this and all kinds of shit like that. So, yeah, that was a good one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I was a little quit. scared. I'd probably quit. Yeah. I just <laughs> thought, you know what? Yeah, I, I wasn't tempting fate. I was certainly freaked out when I picked it up. I went right back in and called our HR director and all that stuff. Right. But after a couple of days, I'm like, all right, it's fine. All right. And final question. Why, yeah. why, why radio? Why, why is radio such an important part of your life outside of the paycheck, outside of all that kind of stuff? I mean, obviously radio um, touched you at an, at an early age, not inappropriately. Yeah. But- <laughs> But at a young age, like I mean, why radio? I mean, obviously this this is your career, and you're you're gonna you're gonna finish this out. Um, why radio? I think we just kind of kind of hit on it there. It, it touches people. It still has that power to communicate with somebody. You're listening in the car. It's you and I. Like I'm talking to you when you're in that car. Um, and, and it's there. There's that one-on-one kind of connection that still can be a big part of people's lives. And I get people who come up to me and talk to me about stuff all the time. I get listeners who who call in or who uh, stop me at uh, events and stuff and will say things that I said that were meaningful or powerful for them. Um, I recently got a, an email from a, a person, somebody in their life and said, you were the first person to make me laugh after this. And thank you so much for that. That's the kind of shit that I fucking love. And that's the reason I still do this stuff. I, I it just, it's fun. It's a blast. It's not hard work. All that stuff enters into it. Don't get me wrong, but it's that kind of, that kind of connection that I hesitate to make in real life that I can make on the radio that, that works for me. Very cool. Well, I think your uh, earbud may have, uh, it died. did, but I can still hear you. You actually sound better now than you did before. Really? <laughs> Crappy. This last, this last 30 seconds has sounded the best out of the past hour and 40 minutes, but <laughs> No, I, I agree with, you know, I mean, 
uh, I had a great time in radio. I mean, I was on the radio as a little uh, one hour a week type thing, and I had a great time doing that. And yep. I have a lot of respect for you know those who do it. You know, four or five hours a day, five days a week. Um, I still don't understand how you guys are as quick, uh, you know, on your feet and quick witted as you are. I mean, it's definitely a talent, right? Yeah, uh, we're lucky. Yeah, well, it's it's we're here for a reason. We we uh, we're we're uh, in the profession that we're supposed to be in. But um, for for me, the quick wit developed as a defense mechanism because I was very very small uh, in high school, short, and uh, I weighed like a hundred pounds when I graduated from high school. Uh, so the quick wit saved me from a lot of ass kickings. <laughs> so it served me well after the fact. It saved you or got you into them? Like that's well, it kind of a little bit of both, but it definitely saved me. You know, there were some people who were like, "All right, he's at least he's funny." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Prospector, thank you so much for doing this. Catch Prospector on Rock 107 every uh, Monday through Friday. Is it 6 to 10 or 5 to 10? 5.30 to 10. 5.30 to 10. What, yeah, man. What a, what a random time, but here we are. 5.36 to 10.02. Come on. Prospector's rants, uh, you know, a minute in a woman's head, which is phenomenal. Uh, you mentioned before the um, uh, rants, the, the sport or shorts or oh, uh, Prospector briefs. Briefs, a lot of great content. Um, you know, thank you for doing what you do. It's a, it's a pleasure knowing you. I'm, I'm glad I can call you a friend. And thank you for um, you know being part of my life, whether it's you know friendship or you know as part of the business and things like that. So thank you again, and um, hopefully I'll see you soon, man. And my pleasure. Keep in touch, and uh, you know, give me a lot of lead time so I can find a way out. Right. Well, and I have to call you. I'm not. I'm not I, won't, I won't expect a call from you. And I know. That. Okay. Yeah. It's not going to happen. So call me whenever. Buddy, take care. Uh, I don't wish luck to the Yankees. Ha! You know, good luck to the Rams if you want. I don't care. But okay. Yankees. It's a good year, so I won't give you any guff. Thanks, John. All Appreciate right. it. See you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.